Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Without further ado, let's join the Old Fashioned Revival Hour just getting underway. I 
God's word says in Luke 6:38, "Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured unto you." This is God's word, His promise, and He has never broken His promise. And so, as you give of your tithes and offerings to make this the international broadcast of the gospel possible. The old-fashioned revival hour, two things at least are accomplished. First, and all important, souls are saved. And second, you who have stood by with your prayers and offerings will receive a spiritual blessing. May you give a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over.
was drifting away on my pitiless sea, and the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side, there I dimly descried a stately old vessel, and loudly I cried, Ship ahoy, ship ahoy, and loudly I cried, Ship ahoy. The good captain commanded a boat to be lowered, and with tender compassion he took me on board. And I'm happy today, all my sins washed away in the blood of my Savior. And now I can say, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, from my soul I can say, bless the Lord. Oh, soul sinking down its sin's merciless wave, the strong arm of our captain is Trust him today, no longer delay, board the old ship of Zion and shout on your way. Jesus saves, Jesus saves.
now, Mrs. Fuller with the letters. Will you go right ahead, honey, and read from those wonderful letters? My, I hardly feel like reading after that beautiful song. Isn't it lovely? From Kansas, dear Mr. Fuller, we are a family of seven. All of us have taken Christ as Savior and friend. We live out here in the hills of Kansas, 14 miles to church. And we cannot go when the roads are bad. But thank God the old-fashioned revival hour reaches us here. And we can sing with you folks and get strength from God's word and keep happy in him. When you sing those old songs, it takes me back to the camp meetings we attended with mother and dad. When souls found the Lord and backsliders made things right and were reclaimed. Dear Mr. Fuller, we've listened to your hour for many years and are just now getting around to writing you. When I was a country lad on a farm in Indiana, only a few years ago, I used to listen eagerly to every one of your broadcasts, for in those hills there wasn't much real gospel heard. Although I did not come to Christ until I was in the Navy in this last war, it was your messages from my early boyhood which surely influenced my life and brought the conviction of my need of salvation. May God richly bless your ministry for at least another 24 years. Well, that could hardly be. From Indiana, dear Mr. Fuller, I recorded your program on my wire recorder this morning while I was milking the cows. I wish I could be there for your 24th anniversary on the air this afternoon, but it's too far to walk and I have to be at work at 7.30 in the morning, so I'll just put it on the wire for next Sunday morning. Just keep the old gospel going out to a dying world, and it's signed from one who loves to listen. This man is a United States Weather Bureau observer. This last letter is from Maryland. Dear Mr. Fuller, the enclosed amount is from the bank of our ten-year-old Herbert. This summer we were in an automobile accident, and Herbert was seriously injured and died ten hours later. His money is being sent to you because he loved your hour on the radio and never failed to tune in. A few years back, when you offered testaments to all the children who memorized a list of verses, Herbert was quite young, but he worked and worked and finally learned them all letter perfect. I failed to write into you, so he never got his little testament, though his older brother and sister got theirs. All through the years of our married life, my husband and I and the children have loved and been helped by your program. The Lord has blessed us with seven sons and two daughters. Herbert was a sweet Christian boy, and we know he is in heaven with Jesus. We also know that he would want us to use his savings to help others to learn about the Savior. That's a sweet letter, isn't it? And friends, how many parents have precious memories of children now in heaven. And being believers, they look forward to being with them again. I am often deeply touched by the vivid memories a pair of our most precious friends here have of a little son who was called away to heaven about 22 years ago. This man of God, a great preacher and teacher, has such a love for all little children and he speaks almost daily of his little boy, gone so long. Leland, I wonder if we couldn't have a song for all the parents who are remembering little children now in the glory land. How about in the sweet by and by? Couldn't we sing that for all these parents? 
shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and my spirit shall sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest. In the sweet, in the by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Oh, 
Fashioned Revival Hour coming to you from the Municipal Auditorium at Long Beach, California. This is Charles E. Fuller speaking. Will you have your Bibles open, please, to the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John, the first nine verses, speaking upon the healing of the impotent man. John 5, 1 to 9. Let's stand, please, and sing number 22. At the cross, alas, and did my Savior bleed. And did my sovereign died, would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Everyone, first, first and chorus only. God, please, may we be still before him. Our Father, we thank thee we can come unto thee through the new and living way, the rent veil, that is, the broken body of Christ. And we thank thee today for salvation, for redemption, forgiveness of sins. And we pray so earnestly that hearts that have been touched by thy great grace may hunger and thirst after righteousness, and every one that professes thy name, may they be filled with the Holy Spirit and bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And now, Father, touch the hearts of those that are in darkness, and may they come to the cross their sins forgiven, and leave the radio or this audience today a new creation in Christ, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Savior, he's in the world today. 
I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along thy narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find, none other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, he lives, he lives Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along my narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives, he lives salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And now with your Bibles open to the fifth chapter of the Gospel of John, listen attentively as I read the first nine verses. After this there was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And there was a certain man there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. In this account of the healing of the impotent man, we learn from the realm of the natural what our Lord can do and does now do in the realm of the spiritual. That is, that the great physician is able to save to the uttermost all who are willing to be made whole. The healing of one's physical body is important. The healing of one's soul spiritually for time and eternity is of the greatest importance. 
To be healed in one's body and to lose his soul for all eternity would be tragic beyond words to describe. God forbid. First of all, I'd like to have you note the place where the great physician did his work of healing, bearing in mind always that from this scene in the natural, we are led to see things in the realm of the spiritual. The place, first, will you notice it? By the sheep market, or more accurately, by the sheep gate. That is the gate through which the sacrificial animals were led in days past to be brought to the temple, there to be sacrificed upon the brazen altar in the temple, the burnt offering sacrifice. Now notice the location of the sheep gate. It was by the pool of Bethesda. What does the word Bethesda mean? Oh, dig into these things and you'll find some spiritual wealth. Well, the word Bethesda means house of kindness or mercy. Notice it was at the pool, the place where the water springing up from an inexhaustible hidden source made the pool. And so in the realm of the spiritual, we find God's kindness and mercy and inexhaustible supply to meet every need. For God is plenteous in mercy. God is rich in mercy. And even in the ages to come, He will show His exceeding riches of His favor or grace in His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And so at the sheep gate, by the pool of Bethesda, this miracle of the healing of the nobleman took place. Notice further. Don't skip over these details, please. Having five porches. Well, five is the number of favor or grace. The feeding of the five thousand, the Lord took the little lads five barley cakes. The fifth clause in the disciples' prayer, commonly called the Lord's Prayer, is give us this day our daily bread. The fifth commandment among the ten, the only one with promise connected with it, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Isn't it sweet? All oh, the riches of God's work. From the place may we look just quickly at the persons in great need. Verse 3, In these porches lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, Waiting. First of all, we have a general description, a great multitude of impotent folk. And this speaks of man's need before God today. The great mass of humanity, dead in trespasses and sin, without hope, without Christ, without God, then follows a detailed description 
of this multitude first blind. This is the true condition of everyone outside of Christ. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit, for spiritual things are revealed only by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will never take up his abode in the heart of an unclean person until, first of all, that heart has been washed and brought nigh by the blood of Christ. Blind, that's your trouble. Unsaved friend, listen. For God tells us very clearly how that the God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, notice it, in whom the God of this age, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Listen to me. God doesn't. I don't. I'll change that. Satan doesn't care how many murders you commit, how much sinning in the flesh you do. Satan doesn't care. But let you have one leaning in the heart to hear the gospel. And he'll oppose you and fight you and hinder you. And Satan's preeminent work is to keep a blind down over the eyes of every unsaved person, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in and to be saved. Here's the basic cause of all the world's woes and trouble. Men today over the world are blinded, spiritually blinded, blind leaders of the blind. That's the trouble. Things of God are foolishness to you. That's why you make fun of religion. That's why you say all kinds of things against the righteous. Satan has you blinded. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. You need, unsaved friend, to have the eyes of your understanding enlightened, opened, that you might see spiritual things. Second, Halt, that is, crippled in one's feet, unable to walk normally, to walk without stumbling. So in spiritual things, walking in darkness, no light, stumbling, constantly falling, bruised, beaten, battered, helpless, unable to walk in the narrow way, the way that leads to heaven and to hope. In the spiritual things, we who are saved, God says we have the Word as a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. And that the path of the just is shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. It's getting more glorious as the days go by. Thank God, 32 years ago, the light of God came into my heart, and I saw my need of redemption, forgiveness, peace, that a glorious walk, and the path is shining brighter under the perfect day. 
withered. What does it mean? That is the hands unable to do service for God, to be pleasing in the work of their hands, withered. No life flowing through, no resurrection life. You take a tree that is growing, cut off the water, and the tree will soon wither, drop its fruit and be fruitless, having a form of a tree but no fruit. And so sin cuts the flow of the resurrection light, put it away, put it under the blood. Waiting. What a picture. Waiting for something in the realm of the natural to help in spiritual things. Now notice the great position. He asks an all-important question. And he's asking that same question today. And he's asking it of you. Wilt thou be made whole? Here's a man with an infirmity. Eight, thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him, oh, what a scene it must have been. The compassionate heart of Jesus turned towards that, perhaps the most extreme example of the great multitude of impotent folk. He said, that man, 38 years ill, wilt thou be made whole? Well, you say that's a, that's a strange question. Of course he wants to be made whole. But wait, back of it is this. He is saying to that man, are you willing to put yourself just as you are into my hands? Are you ready for me to do for you what you or anyone else are unable to do for yourself? Are you willing to trust your entire case? Into my hand. And here you are today for the radio. In this audience at the Municipal Auditorium at Long Beach. My unsaved friend. Blind. Halt. Halting in your walk. Withered. Waiting. Helpless. Hopeless. Wilt thou be made whole? Well then if you are. Notice verse 8. Put your faith into action. And when Jesus said to the man, Rise, take up thy bed and walk, immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Now wait in conclusion. Will you follow me? This is important. If I should say to you, I'm talking right to you now, if I should say to you, Wilt thou be saved from going to hell? You'd say, yes. Why, of course I want to be saved from going to hell. I come back and I say, Wilt thou be saved so as to go to heaven? You'd say, yes. No hesitation. Quickly you'd say, yes. But this question, Wilt thou be made whole, goes deeper to the very center of your being. Let me illustrate. Supposing I go to a jail today, and I go down the condemned row, and a man looked like a fierce tiger is condemned and going to the gallows, hands bloody through murdering a person. He's behind prison bars. He's hard. He's bitter. He's full of hatred, waiting 
waiting. I go to him and I say, wilt thou be pardoned to be released? He'd say, yes. Then I ask him this question. Now listen. Art thou willing to be made whole, a new creation, upright, kindly, forgiving, to pray for those that have accused you, said all manner of evil against you, to be gentle, to be made whole, all things passing away? That's the difference. Are you willing to be made whole, to put off the old man, old habits, old friends, old sins, to put on the new man in Christ Jesus, and to have anger, wrath, malice, Blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, be stopped and be renewed in the knowledge of Christ, who is the image of God, and be kind and humble and meek and long-suffering, forbearing, forgiving, letting the peace of God rule in your heart and letting the word of God dwell in you richly. Are you willing? Dare you, in the light of the things I have just said to you, dare any one of you unsaved say back to the Creator, No, I don't want to be made whole. I want to go on in my own sinful way. I want my way, my will. I am not willing to be made whole. And that's exactly what you say when you reject the offer of kindness and mercy. In Christ Jesus. That's it. That's exactly what you said. I want to fulfill my own desires, the desires of the mind and the flesh. I want to go on sinning. I want to go on having a good time. Well, listen, friends. I have but just one passage of Scripture to read to you. For in this passage, it tells about willful sinning. If you reject God's offer of grace and say, no, I don't want to be made whole. That is willful sinning. This is what God's Word said. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, and I've given you the truth, that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ, you don't want to be made whole. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. What shall devour the adversary? He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment? Suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. Dare you leave the radio and say no to Christ? Dare you leave this audience today rejecting God's offer? Wilt thou be made whole? Horace Pryor is going to sing the great physician. Pray with me as they sing through the verse and quote. 
The great physician now is near, the sympathizing Jesus. He speaks the drooping heart to cheer, oh, hear the voice of Jesus. be made whole. How about it, friend? Seated by the radio, God is speaking right direct to you. Will you be made whole, a new creation in him? God forbid that you say no to him today. For if you sin willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. But I'm looking forward to the fiery indignation and judgment and wrath of God. Wilt thou be made whole. Let's continue in prayer as we go off the old-fashioned revival hour. Oh, in song, sweet. 